This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis bringing you another old-time, old-fashioned gospel message, the old Trailblazer broadcast. We want, we're coming to the conclusion of our study in the book of 1 Peter, and we're going to conclude that study this morning, I believe. I want us to say, I want to say here at this time, what a blessing it's been uh, to my own heart to have brought these few lessons from such a precious book. I want to read those last five verses there. Maybe it'll just be a blessing to your heart just for me to sit and read those messages. Let me read there, starting at verse 10 of chapter 5. But the grace of all, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein you stand, that the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you and all with all of you that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yes, see how he closes with the grace of God? Or on his lips there in verse 10, here is his prayer of benediction for the saints of God. May may our Lord uh, make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. He doesn't mean to make you and me perfect, as the world thinks, for no man no man is perfect. No, my, my friend, no man is perfect in his own right. But in molding our character and our lives, that would, we would be made like unto our Lord in our work, that we would, I believe, have the mind of Christ in us, and that, we would, uh, that he would establish us, root us and ground us, believers in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he prays that the Lord would strengthen us. How much do we need to be strengthened in the Lord? that we might be bold in preaching the word of God. Did you know that God's man must have the strength of the Lord that we might stand uh, this morning here to sit here before this microphone and to bring you God's message? The Lord has to strengthen our hearts and our minds. He has to clear our mind of all the uh, things that uh, shouldn't be there and that our hearts might be made strong in grace Yes. Was it in Pilgrim's Progress we saw uh, uh, a faint heart? I can say to you this morning, that's my condition many times as I face the task of getting out the message here at Radio Missions. Somehow folks believe, as I did one day, that God's man is always on top of the mountain and that his spirit is never at a low ebb. But oh, if you only knew, my friend, how we must be held up by the grace of God and by the power of our Lord. So here, Peter, who had been through all of those things, don't you like to to relate to old Peter how much he'd been through? I often think about how he must have suffered there every day of his life after having uh, denied our Lord. I guess out of all the apostles and the, the disciples that old Peter suffered, probably the most. I know that the Apostle Paul suffered shipwreck and beaten and all of those things, but he never denied our blessed Lord to his face. But poor old Peter, he had suffered uh, for the cause of Christ. He had seen how the flesh was weak. 
and when he denied the Lord, but he knew the love and grace of God and how he was for uh, forgiven. Yes, the Lord forgave him and how he went on to be one of our Lord's most uh, devoted apostles. I believe that one of the greatest desires of God's child is to be faithful and true to the Lord, to honor uh, his name, to walk in his will day by day. We need the grace and mercy of God, my friends, in order to go on day by day. Verse 11 tells us, uh, <clears throat> To him, to God, be glory and dominion forever and ever. That's, that's the believer's desire, to bring glory to our Lord. Let me ask you, believer, did you realize or do you realize that you and I have been bought with a price, that we are not our own? Do you, do you go about the day's task thinking that you are your own, that you control your own destiny, and that you have no obligation to anyone? What about the Lord? Are you saved this morning? Are you a child of God? Then you've been bought with a price. And what is that price that was paid for our redemption? We never get tired of telling how a sinner is saved. No, it's always on our heart. It's always on the tip of our tongue. Let me attempt to tell you that story as we come to the close of this chapter and this book of 1 Peter. God in the beginning created man. That man, Adam, the Lord created him. He made him a wife as a helpmeet. Uh, for he said it's not good that man should be alone. Do you see the love of God there in, even in the creation? Man was alone. Adam was alone there. But the Lord said it's not good that man should be alone. So he made Eve and put him there as his helpmeet. They were perfect in every way. No sin. There was no sin in them. He gave them rule over the garden there, Garden of Eden, allowed them to eat of every tree except the tree of the, of the good and knowledge of good and evil. But they were uh, tempted. They were tempted by old Satan whom we spoke of there in our last lesson. Yes, even, even there in the creation, my friend, we, we had to, men, had, man has to put up with Satan to be tempted. Yes, our old adversary used the serpent to tempt Adam and Eve into doubting the word of God. Now, that's the first sin, my friend, doubting the word of God. So they sinned and became sinners, the first sinners, and now they were cast out of the garden. But our Lord uh, didn't destroy them and start all over again and start a new race of men, no. He killed the animals. He shed the blood there and set down how sinner must be saved. He, he told Adam and Eve how they must be saved, that the animals represented our blessed Lord, who was to come, the Son of God, <coughs> how he would be born into this world, perfect, born of a virgin, would die as our blood sacrifice, just as those animals had died in the garden for Adam and Eve. In time, Christ, the Son of God, came. He was born as the son of a virgin, the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and took upon himself the form of a man. He was a man, yet he was God, the Son of God. His purpose in coming to this earth was only to make a way possible for man who had sinned to be, to be received back into God's presence. When Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, they no longer were in the presence of God. They had the Lord put the flaming swords there to keep them out of the garden. Did you know that's what uh, there this morning? You can't come to the Lord. Did you know you can't come to the Lord on your own? You can't approach the Lord. 
No. No more than, than Moses could approach the burning bush there without taking off his shoes. He stood on holy ground. But the flaming swords there keeps you from coming into the presence of the Lord. What is the remedy, my friend? What is the remedy? Oh, my friend, do you ever stop and think that you are a sin in your sinful condition, in the condition which you were born, and that was a sinner, that you cannot come into the presence of God? Have you read the story of Queen Esther there? She had been told by Mordecai, her uncle, that she must intercede with the king or his people. The Jews were to be were scheduled to be killed. She knew that she could not approach the king. The law of the land said that if she approached the king without an invitation, that she would be killed. She knew that. That was the law of the land. And my friend, except he held out the scepter of grace. And if he didn't, she would be killed. And that was the law. She didn't, she, but she didn't, uh, uh, she did appear to the king. She came into the king's presence knowing that she could be killed, but he held out that golden scepter to her. Now, my friend, you can't come to the Lord unless you're invited. You can't come unless the Lord holds out that scepter of grace to you this morning. The Lord with the blood, uh, yeah, you can only approach the Lord with the blood of Jesus Christ applied to the doorpost of your heart. Just as the Hebrew children were told by Moses to kill the lamb, an unblemished lamb, take the blood, catch it in a basin, take some hyssop or some uh, uh, hedge bush there, some sort of a, a bush, and, dip, and dip it in the blood and sprinkle it up on the doorpost and on the top of the door and then remain in the house and not to depart. For the death angel was to pass through the land and where there was no blood, the firstborn of every household where there was no blood would be killed. But where the blood was, where they had sprinkled the blood, our Lord stood in that door and took the blow from the death angel. And, the, and, and my friend, that household was saved. Now that's how you and I are saved today. First of all, our Lord invites us to come. He says, come now for all things are ready. He says, come now, let us reason together. Have you ever heard the invitation of the Lord? Have you ever heard the Lord speaking to you, uh, my friend, as Adam and Eve did there in the cool of the evening? Not an audible voice. No. God's holy word is where you hear the voice of the Lord. But therein you find the sweet promises of the Lord, saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Yes, uh, we're saved by the blood, my friend. How often we sing that gracious song here at the radio uh, in our broadcast. Saved by the blood, the precious blood of our Lord. Poured out. He poured out that precious blood on the cross there for his elect. The blood now covers our sin. There is no remission of sin except except by the shedding of blood. You can uh, laugh. You can call me a bloody religion preacher. But one thing that I know, nothing else will cover the sins of a sinner. Water cannot wash them away. No amount of good works. <coughs> no amount of faithful attending some church. No amount of feel-good religion where the flesh is tickled. No amount of attending some services where there's worldly entertainment to keep folks coming. No, sir, preacher. If you're not preaching the blood as a covering for sin, you better make your calling and election sure this morning. Salvation is not some feeling good. Salvation is facing facts. The first fact is that you must face is that you uh, are a sinner. 
sinner, born into this world as a sinner, a lost sinner. And if you do not know the Lord, you're a lost sinner this morning. That's a fact, and there's a fact that you can't get around. Then there's a fact that you're totally depraved. You're, you're, you're totally depraved, my, my friend. You have no righteousness of own, your own. You, you don't want to be saved. No sinner would ever be saved if he could help it. Did you know that? That's why the Lord had to, has to call you. No, you, go, you ask any truly born again believer if he sought the Lord, and he will tell you no, that, he, uh, that it was the work of the Holy Spirit in his heart that initiated the work of sal salvation. Salvation is a work of the Lord, my friend. The Holy Spirit initiates or begins that work in your heart. You don't just wake up one day and decide to trust the Lord. Oh, you may wake up and, and want to go to church. You may have some tragedy in your home or your family, and you want to go to where you can get sympathy from God's people or from uh, other religious people, but that's not salvation. Salvation is coming to know the Lord. First, coming to know yourself as a sinner, coming to see that you don't have anything, coming to see that you don't deserve anything. But my friend, then coming to see that Christ paid that price on Calvary's cross. I don't know how to make it any plainer. God's word is plain. It says, he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Did you know God saves only lost sinners? Oh, my friend, it's like one of our old preachers used to say here at the chapel. It's neither this, and it's neither that. Christ died for sinners. Are you a sinner? Could I just question your heart this morning? Could I just probe your heart this morning? Are you a sinner? Are you? Uh, do you know the Lord this morning? Have you been brought down as a sinner at the feet of Christ crying for mercy? If you hadn't, I'd make my calling and election sure. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis bringing the old trailblazer broadcast to a close. Remember, our mailing address is Radio Missions, Post Office Box, 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye and God bless you. The Radio Bible and Book Room is a nonprofit ministry of the First Baptist Church of Algiers in connection with Radio Missions. We offer over 1,500 titles of early Puritan, Baptist, and Reformed works, including commentaries, sermons, devotionals, gifts, children's products, and a variety of King James study Bibles in regular, large, and giant print. For an online catalog and information about the Radio Bible and Book Room, visit our website at radiomissions.org. 